Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and welcome back to the 5 a.m. Miracle with this special bonus episode here in the month of December. Now, remember last week when I said I was not going to feature any longer episodes or interviews this month? Yeah, I changed my mind right after I recorded that episode. So this week, we've got a special treat featuring my wife, Tessa, and I chatting about our pregnancy, parenting, productivity, and planning for really big goals, like growing your family. Uh, We chatted live on the Wisdom app recently, and this is a replay of that conversation. Now, going forward, I'll be using the Bullhorn podcasting app for all of the live calls I'll be doing here very shortly. But until then, enjoy this special bonus episode with my wife, Tessa, and I. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and we are live on the Wisdom app. I'm excited to chat today. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am going to be diving into a, a topic that I've discussed on my podcast before, and I'm going to bring on a special guest. And let's see if I've got her here. She's coming on in three seconds. Here we go. Hello? Tessa, are you there? Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yay! Okay, we are live today with my wife, Tessa. Um, I'm excited to chat with you today. <laughs> Me too. Well, good. Um, So for today, we're going to dive into a topic that uh, I was just mentioning. We've discussed um, on the podcast, the 5 a.m. miracle before, which is parenting and productivity. And we've got, uh, I don't know if it's a surprise, but a special announcement on that. So Tessa, do you want to tell our our listeners today what is going on? Um, (laughs) you, You tell them. Well, Tessa and I are, what, eight and a half months pregnant with our second child. And so we have a uh, a big life shift that is taking place here uh, really any day now, right? Yeah, any any minute. So, well, maybe not any minute, but we... Hopefully not any minute. <laughs> we've passed the point when we would have had Maisie. So I feel like any time now, even though our due date is still a couple weeks out, I feel like any day could be the day. Yeah, exactly. And so that was kind of part of the the talk today that I wanted to get into was this idea that, you know, we obviously we planned this pregnancy, we planned to have a second child. Uh, but a big part of that in terms of the world of productivity is, you know, thinking ahead about when we have a big life shift, what does that mean? I think for the two of us, you know, we take productivity pretty seriously and we like this idea of, of planning and being proactive um, so let's kind of dig into what we've done that's maybe different from the first time around because we had, you know, our first child three and a half years ago, and it was a pretty big life transition for a lot of ways. Uh, for Tessa, for you, like, what has what have you been doing differently maybe this time around to prepare for for number two? I think I think the biggest thing is that we have a bit more knowledge. Like when we had our first child, we didn't really know a lot of people with kids or we knew them but we weren't like close with them um so we just like really had no idea what to expect um and now that we have one um with the second one i think we're sort of trying to use some of those lessons and and go into this with a little bit more um knowledge i guess while also still being open to like things being different this time around so i think there's this tension between like Um, you know, I, I know a bit more about what to expect, but I'm also like opened for this to be a totally new experience as well. Yeah, certainly. I think that for me, I've been thinking about like, what does it mean to have 
more than one kid because what I've been told numerous times during this pregnancy is that, you know, watch out, Jeff, when you have more than one child, uh, things are very different. They're harder. They're more challenging. There's more complications and which I, I hear that I'm listening. You know, I, I take that advice seriously, but at the same time I'm thinking, well, what can we do to prepare for what it means to have a, a different, you know, a, a number of people in the house, but also different daycare drop-offs, different schedules, different, you know, priorities in, in every direction. And th- the way that I tend to operate is I want to plan ahead as best I can, uh, but not get myself too, I guess, stressed out or freaked out about change. So I know that the first time around, um, I had a lot of stress for a lot of different reasons. And I've been really being more proactive this time around about figuring out how to not experience that on that level and to be more intentional, which I think for us recently has meant a lot more nesting, furniture moving, buying supplies and baby clothes and all these different components of how do we get our ducks in a row, right? Ahead of time. And, yeah. Exactly. Doing it ahead of time. I think last time it was like, oh, crap, like we need another like another place to put this baby. We need another container to hold supplies or whatever. And so this time I think we're able to do it a little bit more in advance. So we have sort of um, sort of mapped out where our furniture is going to go during the different like stages of a newborn's life. Um you sort of you sort of mapped that out on paper, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, a few months ago, we decided to make some furniture moves, and then at the same time, literally wrote down a plan of at these different stages of the baby's development, here's where the furniture is going to go. And because we've got a house with you know three bedrooms, and it's a fairly normal sized home, but it's not huge, and so we have to figure out well, where does everything go? How do we make sure there is plenty of space for everyone, but also having the right resources in the right places? And it's it's a puzzle. I mean, this I've given an example before, but it's like that game where you have these cars in a parking lot and you're trying to get them out. Like, I feel like that's what this looks like in my house. It's like all this stuff. And I'm trying to figure out where does it go physically, which is a, a challenge all by itself. But to me, it's just emblematic of this very intentional move to say, our life is changing, and I want to make sure we have all of our ducks in a row as best we can so that when the baby comes, it's this, like, celebration and, and, and excitement and not just this, like, oh, no, now what do I do? Because <laughs> I just I don't want that that feeling again. Right. I think a lot of pregnant women, that's sort of how they view their pregnancy and their labor and delivery is like, oh, like, I'm in labor. Like, I'm just going to turn up at the hospital and, like, s- sort of see what happens. Um, and I think we're trying to take a bit more um, proactive approach and sort of plan, like, if I had my way, like, here's how things would go. Um, or based on what I know, here's how I think things will unfold and sort of be prepared for that. Um, and with our, you know, with our furniture and things like that, we like things to be pretty um, streamlined, I guess. Like, we don't like a lot of clutter and baby stuff just brings a lot of stuff. You know, oh, there's yes. lots of diapers and supplies and toys and clothes and all this stuff. And so for us to really figure out like where, you know, while things are calm now, where do we want those items to go? Let's find a place for some of that stuff that we know we're going to need out um, so that we're not sort of scrambling at the last minute or in those first few days and weeks to, to come up with a plan. You know, one of the things that I talk about a lot on my podcast and in my kind of productivity philosophy is a health first approach, which means that I really value being as healthy as possible because I know that that results in more energy, more focus and more things getting done. And and I just feel better in life. 
And I know that one thing that you have done a lot more of in this pregnancy is a much stronger focus on health. Uh, can you talk about kind of what you've done in that area? Yeah, I think that my first pregnancy, I really just thought sort of like whatever the baby needs is what I'm going to do, almost at the expense of myself um, during pregnancy and in those early days. And I think this time around, um, I realized that one of my big responsibilities as a pregnant mama is to take care of myself and to do that really intentionally. And that is my um, sort of productivity for the day is like ending the day, still having a bit of energy um, and and staying sort of well. So I've incorporated a lot more um, like rest during this pregnancy mm-hmm. this time around. The first time I was very active, I think I had heard like pregnant women should stay active. And so I was like very active, um, which at the time, you know, summer. So it's a bit easier to stay active when the weather is super nice and now it's winter. Um, and so I think that sort of lends itself to just like cuddling up and resting a little bit more, um, but really taking the time to, um, you know, exhibit a bit more self-care and say like, if I feel tired right now, like I'm just going to lay down or take a nap or take a rest or something like that and um, not feel bad or guilty about that. Um, especially having a, th- a three and a half year old around, I think sometimes it's hard for me to prioritize my own needs and to say like, mommy needs to go like sit down for a little while, put her feet up um, instead of just constantly catering to Maisie and what she wants to do and what she wants to play with and things like that. So I think that's one of the big differences um, is just really trying to stay more attuned to my own needs um, so that I can be a better mom to the child I have on the outside and the one I have on the inside. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, you've been really good about that. I mean, the the health first approach that you've taken on has been really. I, I can see it being intentional. I can see you making progress. I mean, you take naps a lot more often than I thought you were going to, which I think has been for you is obviously very helpful. And then this whole whole focus on saying, well, how do I make sure that I'm I am my best so that my baby gets the best from there? 
I think has really played out well. I mean, I'm not necessarily as directly involved in that because that's not my body, but I still feel like we have this like household focus on, you know, how can we all get enough rest? How can we all make sure that our stress levels are down and that we are excited about the birth and not feeling that sense of, oh no, we've got so much to do. How do we scramble at the last minute? Because I've been there before and that's that's not, I mean, it's kind of in, in, in my story, like wh- how I've changed a lot of my systems in the past was acknowledging like, well, here's a time where I had a lot of stress, but now I'm going to go through a similar period. Well, how do I make a shift so I don't have those same consequences, but instead I have the benefits and I feel like that's what we're getting the chance to do now is saying, well, we have a second chance to do this even better. So what can we make moves in to make sure that's the case? And I feel like I, at least uh, you know, before it's happened, I feel like we're in a better right. place now than before. So what would you say is something that you've done or some way that you've prepared that has made like a difference for you? Because I do feel like you're less stressed this time around. Um, what would you attribute that to? Uh, there's a couple of things. I mean, obviously, the first one is just the knowledge of having gone through it before. I have a, a much better sense of what it means to actually bring a baby into the world. Uh, the second thing was that many months in advance, so probably six months ago, I revamped my entire calendar. I looked at, you know, how do I shift my schedule? How do I make sure we, we know we're going to have multiple daycare drop-offs? We know we're going to have different financial uh, shifts to make to make sure we're paying for all the new supplies. Um, I knew that I had a bunch of business projects that had due dates that were, you know, around the, the time of the birth or going to be. And so my then question was, well, how do I kind of front load all of that work, get the most important stuff done well in advance so that when it comes time for my paternity leave, you know, some time off in the business, that I'll have that flexibility to do that, that I'll be able to kind of go into the birth with this sense that I have time set aside. Like I'm I'm ready for this in terms of my schedule, in terms of the money, in terms of my overall level of stress could then go down. And I think for me, this is a big key thing was the stress. I keep bringing that word up because that's what I felt the first time was because of all the unknowns, my tendency was to kind of panic about what I don't understand yet. And this time around, it's been more of breathing techniques, meditation, uh, trying to make make sure that like I acknowledge when I, f- I feel that sense of stress or fear and then directly address it. I think for me, that's been really important to say, if I'm experiencing something negative, how can I directly acknowledge what that is and then put a plan in place to solve the problem? And that has been really effective for me in a very practical sense to say each and every day, I, I acknowledge when things are weird and then I go fix it. And all of a sudden the problem goes away. And I feel like I didn't do that before as intentionally. And this time around, it's better. Well, I think there's a, sh- a shift there that like, I, I don't know, when it comes to stress, I feel like the first time I just had it in my head that like things are stressful and you can't really change that. Mm, yeah. Um, and now I think I have a bit more of like a sense of control over like when I'm feeling stressed, there are things that I can do um, to help relieve some of that. Um, so maybe, maybe we're just getting better at like coping with stress in general. Um, or maybe it's a lesson you learn from being around a three-year-old. Um, I don't know. Yeah, well, I think that having a three-year-old is also interesting, too, because, you know, when, when Maisie was first, you know, in her first couple of years of life, we were we were taking care of her every minute. Uh, now she's much more autonomous. Like, she definitely has her own personality. She can handle herself alone a lot more than before. 
So I think a big part of also why I feel more confident about this entire process is that our first child is good on her own. Like she's she can handle herself. And I feel like that alone gives me more confidence that we've got this system in a better flow because I mean, if you spend time with the new baby more often and I spend time with our first daughter more often, we're all going to be able to handle that new transition in a way that's just yeah, not as stressful as it could be because everyone kind of has their their game together. Yeah. And I think you know, with small children like Maisie, there's, they have so many emotions. There's so many opportunities <laughs> yeah. to talk about, like, I see that you're feeling this way, or um, I see you're having some reaction to this event. Like, let's talk about different ways to cope with that. Or let's talk about whether that is like something that would warrant like a big emotional response or is a small emotional response actually like more appropriate for whatever has just happened. So I wonder if like just talking through like emotional responses and self-regulation and and that sort of thing at like a, a, a toddler preschooler kind of level, um, you know, has had some lasting impact on us as well. Yeah, certainly. I think that in part kind of explaining to Maisie what is going to happen helps me also like, it, 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 you know, acknowledges to me that, yes, we have a plan here. Yes, things are going to be fine here, um, which actually kind of brings up the next point I wanted to make, which is that we are at least as of now planning to do a home birth uh, for this second baby. Um, the first one we did a, a midwife as well, but it was at the midwife facility. Uh, this time we're actually going to try and give birth in our house. Uh, so Tessa, do you want to explain a bit about kind of what you are kind of planning for in, in that regard? Yeah. So the, the first time with Maisie, um, like you just said, we went to this midwife sort of facility. So when it came time to give birth, there was a bit of like, um, again, that like, oh crap, we have to like get stuff ready. We have to go. We have mm-hmm. to get in the car. We've got to drive. We got to pack stuff. Um, and I'm hoping in the light of like not being so stressed and like being a little bit more intentional with our planning to just stay at home and do the birth at home. We'll have a midwife um, and a doula who come to us. Um, And so hopefully when it's time for me to give birth, I will be sort of in my peaceful, special, calm place, which is my home. Um, And there won't be so much sort of hustle and bustle. I'm sure there will be some. I mean, our first thoughts will be around like, where is Maisie and what are we going to do with her? You know, do we take her somewhere? Do we keep her here? That sort of thing. So there is going to be a bit of like, ooh, the time is now. Um, But I think hopefully we'll be able to get to a place of like calm tranquility um, a little bit sooner than we did the first time where we were sort of rushing to get to this lovely place that was not really close to our house. Yeah, I know for me, that was a really big uh, kind of ordeal. I was trying to figure out how do we get us, now that we're in labor, how do we get to the midwife center and make this thing happen? And yeah, there was kind of too much to handle all at one moment. And so I think the idea that we can just be home and have things be calm and be very methodical will allow that experience to be a really joyous one. And that, for me, is is the intention. And I think that that's going to happen. I really feel strongly about that. And it could be, you know, honestly, any day now that could happen. But hopefully when it does, it'll, it'll be a really, really good thing. Um, yeah. From that perspective, let's kind of fast forward to once we have two kids here in the house and we are trying to be more kind of future thinking here where parents of two children, you know, you work full time from home half the time and I work full time as my business owner here. We have flexibility, but we're also going to have new challenges for 
how to handle two kids. Like, how do you see this playing out for us in terms of a few months down the road with trying to be productive, but also be good parents? Yeah, I think one of the things that makes these first few months with a newborn challenging is that the systems change a lot. Um, So one of the things that's nice with a three and a half year old is we have a a fairly robust system, like our morning routine, I guess you would call it. We do things the same in the morning. I have my responsibilities. You have yours. She has hers. And it kind of runs the same way every day. Um, And so we only need to sort of talk about it or think about the system when something is different. You know, if it's a day that I need you to take her to daycare or whatever, we talk about that. But other than that, we just sort of assume like we're each going to do our same things that we've been doing. And I think when you have a newborn, it's like those systems change a lot. And that is the part that is like mentally taxing sometimes when it comes to like routines and procedures and systems is like coming up with a new one or identifying when you need to change. Um, and just with a with a little one, those they change so often that you have to change what you're doing so often. Um, so I think, you know, those first couple days and weeks probably will be in like kind of survival mode and then we'll sort of get into a system, but that system will need to change what, like the next couple months or something like that instead of being something that's set for a little bit longer term. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. I prefer to have you know everything planned in advance and be predictable. And that's the one thing you don't get with these kinds of, of shifts is that there's a lot of unpredictability, a lot of flexibility in the moment. And I think knowing my own personality, that doesn't usually jive as well with me as I'd like it to. And so that's like a personal challenge for me is figuring out, well, how do I you know think about my life and structure my time in such a way that the things that matter are getting done, but I'm also able to shift in the moment and really pivot when I need to. And I've learned a lot of those skills with having you know our first child, but I just kind of see that being you know amped up to another level. And I want I'm just kind of hoping for myself that I have the right tools there, you know, mental skills, you know, the mindset of being able to say like, I've got this and I can pivot when I need to. And it's still gonna be okay. Yeah. And I think for, for us, we, we both like to be productive. We like to do our own projects. We like to work on our own stuff. And I think those, you know, in the first couple weeks and months, 
we're just not going to have as much time to like work on our independent projects. Um, and I think that is something that will take a bit of getting used to. Um, I know you've talked a lot about FBOTs and being focused and having these focus blocks of time, but it's, it's likely that we won't both be able to do these long FBOTs like we're used to doing. Um, and so it can probably, it will feel like we're not getting as much done. Um, and I think that just comes with the nature of it. I mean, I think when you have a newborn, it's like you might have a 20-minute focus block of time instead of a 90-minute focus block of time. Or you might get one every other day instead of two each day or something like that. And so sort of shifting to being okay for this phase of life for these few months to say, like, I've got, you know, my 30 minutes or whatever, a focus block of time, but it's not going to be as much as it as it is right now where we're sort of at had the luxury to have more of that. Yeah, I think for me, I know I heard before we had our first child that, you know, when you became a parent, you were actually more productive in the sense that you were more focused and more efficient. And I really was, I questioned what that would, if that would be true or not for us. And one thing I know that I have made a shift in the last few years is that I am more intentional now about the projects I say yes to and the ones I say no to. Because prior to being a parent, I basically said yes to everything. Like I would, if I was invited to a new project or wanted to do something for fun, like I would just do everything. And if I worked 14 hour days, that was, was fine with me, but I can't do that anymore. It's almost impossible now. And so I'm almost, I'm forced to be more focused. And I think that the forced focus nature of being a parent, it can be a really good thing if you embrace what that means. And for me, it was saying, okay, well, if I have a limited amount of time to be focused and get my stuff done, well, then what really matters to me? What matters in my personal life? What matters in my business? And how to make sure those things that really are valuable get my attention. And then by the nature of time, the other things I didn't have time for just don't happen. And that's been difficult for me to let go of those things over time, but I'm getting better at being able to acknowledge if I'm not going to do this thing, fine, then just let it go and be more okay with doing less, but doing those things with, with more quality, more focus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it, the big shift was like prioritizing things that like make me feel healthy and well and, and happy at like a more basic level. Um, so like if I find myself at the half an hour, it's like, I don't really need to be spending that on like, I don't know, doing extra stuff for work. I need to spend that first on like, do I feel well? Have I had a shower? Have I taken care of my personal needs? I really like to have like some alone time in the morning to like group my mental self for the day, like sort of get myself prepared. But sometimes when you have a new baby, you just get up and you're sort of in it right away. Um, and so I remember the first time being very intentional about saying like, when I do have a moment, uh, I'm going to use it to like mentally regroup and like get ready for the day, even if that happens later in the morning than I would like. Um, so sort of shifting to realize like when I do have time to be quote productive, what does that look like? Um, and what I put into those blocks of time is different. Um when you do, when I don't have as many, um, so that's something that I'm hoping to do this time as as well. And I think the fact that we're both sort of on the same page of like we need time to do things to make us feel good, to make us feel productive, is also really helpful because we can sort of tag team and say like I need some time right now to do something that will fill me up um, in a way that maybe just caring for a newborn doesn't sometimes. 
But yeah, this morning you were telling me how, like, when you woke up, you know, our daughter, she was, you know, fired up and ready to go at 7 a.m. <laughs> like, she was full energy when she gets out of bed. And I think that that knowing that that's how she is now and, and a newborn obviously has, you know, their own kind of way of waking up. We need our alone time in the morning before the kids are awake. You know, this is one thing I've harped on my podcast for a long time. It's like you have your early morning wake-up call for you because you need that me time, that chance to do your own thing, to get ready in the bathroom, to put your clothes on, or you know, the very basic elements. Right. And if those things get done, then all of a sudden it's a lot easier to care for others. But if you don't get that and you wake up at the same time they do, it's like walking into a hurricane. It's it's just not something you're ready for when you first wake up. And I I really like the mornings when I have my own time. And maybe those would be more difficult to come by in the future. But to me, it just kind of really amps up the importance of saying, if I take care of myself, then I can care for others in a better way. And that's better for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know sometimes when you've given talks or when we've gone to, you know, conferences and things like that, people will say like, you know, I have a two month old, like, how am I supposed to find time to like run my marathon when I have a two month old at home? And my response to them is always like, you're not. Right. Like, when, you, when you're really in these early stages, when your children need a lot from you, you can't also do a huge um, project. You can't do something that needs like really consistent, dedicated time, um, you know, on a daily basis to achieve a goal. You, you might need to be spending your time on things that are sort of more basic, almost survival kind of mode things to make sure that you are well and happy, um, but not necessarily like doing these like huge momentous tasks that we sort of aspire to. Well, it's interesting too, because the priorities shift. I know one thing that I saw change, I mean, they'll use the marathon as a good example. You know, I used to run a lot of marathons and I have personal hobbies and I've done a lot of woodworking recently and these other things that I'd like to spend my time on. But when your time is limited, you know, you've got kids, you've got priorities there, all of a sudden, what I'm focusing on is more like, well, is the laundry done today? Right? Did I pick up the house today? Did I, you know, take care of the mail today? Like these really simple things that in usual life are just, uh, you know, a, a pass by thought. Like, oh yeah, that, we'll take care mm -hmm. of that later. But now, all of a sudden, with kids, like, like that is the important thing. Like that is the most important thing today is to do the laundry, not to train for a marathon, and which is a because really we weird shift, but it's a really important one. Well, and when we don't do those things, then we don't feel good. Like, you know, I'm not. I'm not nearly as tidy as you are, but I know that like when things get really cluttered and junky, I start to just feel messy. Uh, my life feels messy, but I, like you were just saying, like right now when, you know, Maisie picks up her stuff and we pick up our stuff and you pick up some of my stuff. Um, but like in general, we have a tidy place and I have a clear mind and um, it's, it really is just kind of this passive thought. But I think when you have a new little one or a, a big shift or something like that. It's those little things that you don't realize really set the tone for how you're going to feel that day that you need to like much more intentionally focus on to make sure that those get done so you can continue to feel good. So what would you say you're most excited about in terms of having a second baby? Well, I just love babies. <laughs> I, do, I mean, I just want to like, you know, just want to hold her and squeeze her and mm -hmm. dress her up in cute little clothes. All that stuff that just comes with like, having a little, having a little baby. And I am also really excited to see Maisie with the new baby as an only child. I never sort of had, you know, a real, a real sister. I've got a lot of people out there who feel sisterly to me. Uh, but I'm just really excited to see the like sister kind of relationship unfold. 
Um, and just, I don't know. I know there's probably going to be ups and downs with that as well, but it's, it's something that I'm, I've been hoping for and praying for, and I'm really excited to see. I agree. Those are, yeah, definitely some, some fun times coming. I'm excited for all of that. So what about you? Uh, most excited about, I would say I'm excited to see how different our second child would be from our first, because mm-hmm. I already know that you, you've experienced this already, like in utero the second baby feels different. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I feel like because of that, like she's a new person, with new personality, new interests, new quirks. And I'm just really curious to see who she becomes as a person. And I think it'll be really interesting to have the comparison of that um, because I kind of viewed, you know, our first daughter as like a mini version of you. So it's like mm-hmm. we have, you know, little little Tessa. But I don't think our second one will necessarily be that same sense. I feel like it's going to be a, a different person. And I'm excited to see who she becomes. For- are you hoping for a little mini Jeff? <laughs> um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not sure the world needs more of me. <laughs> That's not really my goal. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be fun to see what happens. Yeah. So on that note, I'm going to wrap up our, our live call today. Tessa, this was a lot of fun. I'm really enjoyed uh, chatting with you on, on parenting and, and the new baby yeah. coming. So um, I'll be doing some more live talks later this month. And hopefully the next one will include the baby being born. So <laughs> we'll we'll aim for that one. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Tessa, thanks for being the guest on the on the show today. Thanks. Bye, everybody. See you later. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.